There's a life verse in 2 Peter 3.18 that I'd like you to make your own. And it goes like this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep on growing. I'm so glad that you're part of this broadcast, that you're tuning in, and I pray that you are growing. We're going to look more at growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Whatever you may do, you're in freeway traffic. Redeem that time by listening to Christian radio. Get on an app of a church that you trust and listen to messages. It'll make all the difference. But there are some untaught people, the ignorant teaching the ignorant, and that is a disaster. It doesn't do you well if you are listening to someone who doesn't understand what they're talking about. And there have been records, I'll give you one example. There was a record of the founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, Charles Taze Russell, who was put on uh, the witness stand in a legal court of law because he sued a pastor for libel. There was a pastor back in the day who took Charles Taze Russell, founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, to task because he was teaching false doctrine. This is in the area of Pennsylvania. Well, Charles Taze Russell, the founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, sued the pastor. The case went to an open court. These are all public records. Charles Taze Russell claimed that he knew the original languages, that he was a pastor, and went on the witness stand. He was asked to just identify simple Greek letters, and he committed perjury because he didn't know the Greek language. That's the record of the founder of Jehovah's Witnesses. Now look, I'm not saying that you need to be a Greek scholar to teach the Bible. I'm no Greek scholar. I know some Greek, but I, I, I don't know half of what a lot of people know. But there are tools today where you can check yourself and you can make sure that you're on track with what the Bible teaches. And I'll just say to you, the book of James says this, let not many of you become teachers for we will incur what? The stricter judgment. When you're talking about people's souls, when you're talking about eternal destinies, when you're talking about truth about God as our creator, there's a lot at stake. Don't you agree? And so we want to be diligent. doesn't mean, you, you, you know, uh, people who are formally or informally taught, that's not the issue. The issue is whether you're cutting the word of God straight. There are untaught people and then there are unstable people. Believe me, I have met some unstable Christians over the years. I heard another uh, teacher saying that he's met uh, Enoch and Elijah a couple times over the years, uh, not because he actually met them, but because there were individuals who came to him identifying themselves as Enoch and Elijah. And, uh, you know, those people are out there. There have been people along the way that have identified themselves as Jesus Christ. We were doing a call-in radio show and a lady called up and after a few introductory comments, she said, I am. And we were like, what? And she said, I am. A second time, we were like, you are who? <laughs> oh, I am the one. And she was sitting there on the phone on a Bible answer show claiming to be the Messiah or to be God. Uh, you can make a claim all day long. 
There are many unstable people in the world. It is not good when they are in pulpits because unstable people who take, you know, there's a lot of what I would call religious hysteria. There are people who can take the Bible and they start to come up with some fanciful ideas. And if they bring something new to you, it's probably not true. Because truth has been constant since the word of God was recorded. And so they say, oh, I got some new truth, man. Here's what it is. Uh, This is the way you got to do things or you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They have comments like that. Well, I would just say run to the nearest exit. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Untaught, unstable people, uh, they're out there. And what they do, if you take a look at the verse, is they twist the scriptures. The word, uh, the unstable distort is rendered twist. The word means, verse 16, to wrench, to pull, to distort, to move or wrench something out of its intended context. And when that happens, you can have a whole movement that's born off of a false interpretation. And they're out there and they're on television channels even tonight. You can go home and watch some of them. But they twist the scriptures, sadly, and they twist them to their own destruction. I want you to notice that Paul's letters, Peter calls Paul's letters scripture in verse 16. You have affirmation from Peter that what Paul wrote was scripture, which is interesting because it's within the generation of these two men, and Peter is calling Paul's letters scripture. Now, there are some skeptics. You can turn on some of the channels, the modern channels, who say, oh, the Bible wasn't put together until long after the apostles' death. At the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, that's when they decided what books in, what were books were inspired, what books were not. Well, apparently, Peter already knew that Paul's letters were inspired in the 60s AD. So all you gotta do is read the Bible to answer a lot of these questions. But the skeptics don't believe the Bible. They don't believe the supernatural. And so that's kind of what you have going on here. So let me just say this. The way to avoid being duped and potentially destroyed or shipwrecked in your faith is to be well taught and to be steadfast. It's to continue to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you say that today uh, we have probably more resource, resources at our fingertips than maybe in any time in history. When I first started out, I wrote my sermons on a legal pad. And when I wanted to quote a scripture within the sermon, I wrote out the entire scripture, which was a good exercise, but I did it all by hand. Now today on my computer, I've got Bible programs. I can look up Greek and Hebrew words. I can take a scripture, copy it and paste it into my notes. I have all kinds of Bible teachers, all kinds of Bible colleges. We have no excuse to be fooled, you guys. We really don't. And so Peter says, look, there are people who are changing the meaning there. They are taking the Bible, look at the end of 16, but they distort what? The scriptures. It's not like they're not sitting there with a Bible, but they're distorting the Bible. That tells you something. It's possible to twist 
the scriptures. And the end is destruction. Greek word, it means to be damned. It means to end up under the ultimate judgment of God. Can you imagine being a person who led millions of people astray and whoop, you end up one day before God? How do you think that meeting's gonna go? How do you think it's gonna go for a person who said, oh, I didn't really believe you existed. I just started a religion so I could make a bunch of money. You know who did that? L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. The easiest way to make a million dollars in the United States is start a religion, and he did. And do you know how, how much money the uh, religion of Scientology is sitting on today? So much so that they started their own channel recently. There is now a Scientology channel on television. Do you know how they can afford that? Because everyone who joins Scientology is basically forced to give money until they get clear and then get to a level called OT8. And when you get to OT8, you start the whole process all over again. And by the time you get to OT8, you've given Scientology probably at least a million dollars. That's how they're sitting on top of an empire. If you haven't seen Leah Remini's series on Scientology, you ought to watch it because it's an example of what Peter is talking about. Look, I'm not making this up, you guys. If, if you've come in here tonight and you think, well, this is, this is a little strong, this is a little harsh, I'm just simply telling you what Peter said was happening in his day. It hasn't stopped. There's distortion. So what should we do in response to it, you might ask? Well, we're told in the last two verses, you, therefore, if you're a believer tonight, this is for you, beloved, and you need to know that you are loved by God. You're the beloved of God. This is why he would warn you. Knowing this beforehand, since you know this is true, that this kind of stuff's gonna be out there, what should you do? Be on your guard. Be careful. Test everything and hold fast to that which is true. If someone came to your door and tried to sell you some medicine, hey, this medicine uh, you have aches and pains? Oh, this medicine, just take two of these pills and it'll cure everything. How many of you would just take them right at the door? Okay, okay. It'll help me? Yeah. Take them. No, you don't swallow that stuff just because some salesman's at your door. What would you do? You'd probably go on the internet and do a little research. You'd probably uh, check the ingredients on the back of the bottle. Give, give a few pills to a loved one, see what happens to them. <laughs> Just kidding. Strike that last one off the record. <laughs> right? You're not gonna just go and drink something in without checking it out. Why would you do that spiritually? Oh, well, those people are sincere. They, they came to my door and they told me they believe the same things we do. Go, 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 go. You don't do that in real life when it comes to medicine. Why would you do it for your soul? Now, I'm not saying that everybody who shows up and tries to sh share spiritual truth, you should be looking at them like this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't be overly like critical, but be wise. Be on your guard. Use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Test it. Be on your guard lest being carried away, middle of 17, by the error of unprincipled men, you fall.
Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael. I just want to share my heart for a second. We have a website called walkintruth.com and we've put up a store and we're adding more and more products to it. But one of the reasons I want to get you to that store is that you can partner with us in the ministry. You know, radio airtime costs money and we want to reach more people. If you're being blessed by this ministry, one of the ways that you can partner with us is to go to the website and purchase a product. You can also purchase my book on The Armor of God. I'll get you a signed copy and whatever you give to the ministry will go directly to paying for radio airtime. That's one way you can partner with us. You can help us reach more people like you and you can partner with us in the gospel ministry. It's a great thing. We appreciate you. We love you. Pray for us. We'll keep praying for you. Reach out to us today through the store at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. Strike that last one off the record. (laughs) Right? You're not going to just go and drink something in without checking it out. Why would you do that spiritually? Oh, well, those people are sincere. They, they came to my door and they told me they believe the same things we do. Go, 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 go. You don't do that in real life when it comes to medicine. Why would you do it for your soul? Now, I'm not saying that everybody who shows up and tries to sh- share spiritual truth, you should be looking at them like this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't be overly like critical, but be wise. Be on your guard. Use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Test it. Be on your guard, lest being carried away, middle of 17, by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness. Look, there's something at stake here. If you buy it, if you swallow it, if you take the bait, here's what's going to happen to you. You will fall from your own stability. You will get shaky. How many of you, if I were to ask you, did you ever run into a doctrine that shook you? Did you ever run into somebody who came along somewhere in your Christian journey and said, oh, what you believe about that, it's actually this, and let me show you. And they took a few verses out of context and it shook you. Anybody? I I think that's happened to a lot of us. Why? Because maybe we didn't have the wealth of knowledge we have now. I'll tell you a story. Many years ago, my sister, I was a brand new Christian. My sister was interacting with some people from the Boston LA Church of Christ. What they teach is that you must be baptized by their pastor in their baptismal according to their formula or you're not saved. And so I said, oh yeah, I'll talk to this guy. So I showed up. I'd been a Christian for about six months. Sure, I know the Bible. Well, this guy started spouting Bible verses and showing verses that seemed to indicate that baptism saves you. And I had no answer for what he was arguing because I didn't know my Bible well enough. And I walked away from that conversation a bit confused. Well, had I read just the verses around the verses he was quoting, I would have seen that what he was saying was false. And here's where he was going. You guys need to join our church get baptized by our pastor in our baptismal or you're not saved. That was his message to us. And I didn't know enough to be able to defend me or my sister when it came to a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, this guy may have believed what he was saying. I don't don't know. 
But our author knows something about falling from stability. Peter, Jesus is getting ready to die. And here's the conversation. He says, Peter says, though all fall away from you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, this very night before the cock crows, you shall deny me three times. Peter says to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing too. Matthew 26, 31 through 35. How did Peter do on that night? He denied the Lord three times. He was confident, but he fell from his steadfastness. He fell because of pressure. Jesus said later, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. I want you to turn to a verse because I think this will be helpful for our setting. Luke 22, same kind of setting here. Jesus is getting ready to die. He's been warning the disciples. He's been telling Peter what's going on. And here's what he says. This is Luke 22. Is anybody else warm in here? You guys okay? Just me? Okay. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon. By the way, that name means to hear. Simeon or Simon means to hear. Simon, Simon, behold, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I... Oh, Peter had to breathe a little easier after this. But I, Jesus says to Peter, have what? I've prayed for you. That your faith may not fail. Peter failed, but he did not lose his faith. Let me just say this to you. If you failed recently, it doesn't mean that you lost your faith. It's possible to stumble and still be a believer, even though you fell on your face. So just because you made a mistake and maybe even in some kind of context, you denied the Lord. You were overconfident. You thought you could stand strong in that situation and you failed. It doesn't mean that you've lost your faith. But it does mean you've lost your stability. Now notice what happens. I prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when once you have turned again, what's the command from Jesus? Strengthen your brothers. You could write in your Bible, stabilize your brothers, strengthen them, give them stability. And he said to him, Lord, with you, I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, the cock will not crow today until you've denied three times that you know me. Peter failed miserably, but his faith did not fail. And he turned back to the Lord and the Lord restored him. We have the record in John 21. And three times the Lord said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know, I love you, Lord. And then he said, what? Tend my sheep, stabilize my lambs, feed my flock, protect them, love them. That's what Peter's doing in this letter. That's what a shepherd does. He's willing to warn the flock of uh, wolves and sheep's clothing to give what? Stability. Because there's a lot of unstable believers who have been listening to unstable teachers. Second Peter 3, and we'll finish it up. And they're, they're not walking strong because they've been, they've been duped by false doctrine. Some years ago, I was in our church parking lot and a young man came to me and said, Pastor Michael, I think I've lost my salvation. Pastor Michael, I think I've lost my salvation. 
And I said, why do you think you've lost your salvation? Because I just heard a teaching on Hebrews 6. And I know, I just know I've lost my salvation. And there it says, if you did, it's impossible to renew you again to repentance. So I'd be worried. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, well, why do you think you lost? I just heard Hebrews 6 and I, I just know I lost my salvation. I said, look, if you're concerned about it, you probably haven't lost it. But let's talk about it. We began to go through a, a very difficult passage. Some people believe Paul wrote it. Maybe that's what Peter was talking about. One of those hard to understand ones, right? That's a hard one. And he was all upset. Why? Because he had just learned, listened to a teaching where someone said, oh, you've lost your salvation. And, and this guy's in the church parking lot, unstable as can be. Look, if my salvation is dependent on my performance, I ain't gonna sleep real good tonight. Because the, the Lord looks at my thoughts, what I fail to do when I know the right thing, my motives, what I whisper when nobody else is listening. Look, I want all the grace I can get. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not an excuse for sin, but you guys understand what I'm talking about. And some people have been destabilized by false teaching. There are people who will come to your door tomorrow. You ask them, hey, if you die tonight, do you know where you're going? No, I don't know. You don't know where you're going and you've come to my door to tell me about your teaching and you don't know where you're going? Why would I become one of you when you don't even know where you're going? Hello? Do you think that you're gonna end up in heaven or be saved? I don't know. Well, then if you don't know, I ain't signing on the dotted line. Because if you don't know, how am I gonna know? I'd like to know. See, when I exit this planet, I'd like to know where I'm going. And the apostle said, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're gonna come if you come through me. Don't be destabilized by false teaching. Look, I know there's profit in group Bible study, but I would be careful that at least you have one person who's a teacher in that small group Bible study who actually knows a little bit of context and understands the scriptures. Because if you sit around a table with other friends who are as ignorant <laughs> as you, and I'm sorry, but if you're ignorant, the shoe fits, and you say, what do you think about that scripture? Well, what it means to me. Well, look, there can be some value if you're on par with what it means. But if what it means to you ain't what it means, it ain't a hill of beans. And yes, I just made that up. It was not in my notes. Don't be destabilized by unhealthy, distorted, false teaching. I mean, one day you were walking strong and now you're going to let a person come out of left field and destabilize you and now you're gonna walk around like you're on walking in potholes? Why would you do that? But that is what happens. You say, well, what do you do? How do you get stable? Well, verse 18 is the final verse and it's the theme verse for the whole book. But grow, if you don't want this to happen to you, grow in the grace and knowledge it doesn't just say of the Bible. What's it say? Of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Warren Wearsby, I think, put it well. Quote, he says, how easy it is to grow in knowledge, but not in grace. 
All of us know far more of the Bible than we really live. Knowledge without grace is a terrible weapon. And grace without knowledge can be very shallow. But when we combine grace and knowledge, we have a marvelous tool for building our lives and for building the church, close quote. You see, you need to grow in both. How do you grow in grace? Grace is a gift, but grace is also another word for the power of God. Paul prays about the thorn in his flesh three times, and Jesus says, my grace is what? Sufficient for you. That means grace is, in some settings, synonymous with power. Grace is the power of God unleashed in your life. You live as a Christian in a covenant of grace. It's your position before God, and it's the power of God, grace. So you need to grow in grace. How? Jesus is the dispenser of grace. The closer you get to him, the more grace power you're going to have in your life. Have you realized that? I think we all have. So grow in grace and knowledge. We have something more sure, 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. It's God's word. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. You get to know the word. You get to know the God of the word. It keeps you on the path. You stay away from your Bible because you're not living the way you're supposed to. This book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book, right? And so we need to grow. If you took the last six months of your life and you asked, how am I growing? How much have I grown in the last six months? If your best stories are from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, then you may want to go back and say, Lord, I want to grow now. You never stop growing. Never. There's so much to plumb here. There's so much more to go deeper with the Lord in prayer in study of the word, in steps of faith. Amen? That's what the Lord wants to do in your life. Peter ends the letter the way it should end. To him, and Jesus is at the center of the verse, to him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity or forever. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Father, thank you so much for your living word. Thank you for the precious folks that have come out tonight to uh, study it, to be more anchored in truth. The more they're anchored in truth, the more they're anchored in you. Grace and knowledge do go together, Lord. And thank you so much that the more we get to know you personally, the more grace you pour into our lives. You're a God. You're the God of all grace. And you pour grace upon grace into your people. May you bless them as they grow deeper and deeper in love with you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Hey folks, I'm excited to tell you about another way that you can connect with Walk in Truth. Download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll find a lot of cool resources. You'll be able to listen to messages. You can access devotionals. And you can partner with Walk in Truth and help us reach more people. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth, and find a lot of cool resources there. I know it'll be a blessing to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.